Amen. All right. Today's topic is fasting. Wow, you guys are excited about this? <laughs> How many of you guys in here love to fast? Raise your hands. Just show of hands. Oh, wow. All you super spiritual people that love to fast. We, we see you. All right, how about the not-so-spiritual, the ones that don't like to fast? I'm just kidding. How many of you guys don't like to fast? Raise your hands. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Today's uh, sermon title is called New Perspectives on Fasting. I used to be in that camp where I was actually anti-fasting. And, um, you know, it, it's just something that... I didn't want to do just to do. I really wanted to get understanding for why I'm fasting. And so I've been on a, a pretty long journey for years. I just feel like God took me on a journey of teaching me for myself. Hopefully it'll help you guys out. I know it helped me about the reasons why we fast, the purpose for fasting, and actually how to use fasting as a tool to bring transformation to your life. And so today I want to bring a little bit of clarity to fasting because I feel like in the church we could often view spiritual disciplines and principles as mere works. But there's so much more power and intention for why God created these spiritual disciplines. And if we have the right biblical understanding and we have the right understanding of how to use a tool like fasting, then we could actually utilize it to catalyze, as a catalyst to propel our, our relationship with God and our transformation just to be more like Him. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. So this has been on my heart to teach for several years. And just even in the past coming months, I just felt like, man, it's, it's time. It's time to, to teach this. And, you know, in the past several weeks, you probably have seen many, many social media posts about starting off the new year with fast. I know a lot of churches are doing it. Probably your Christian friends are doing that. And I remember when I didn't have a great understanding of fasting, whenever a church would call a corporate fast, I was just simply not interested. <laughs> like I said, I used to be against fasting, and uh, I just thought it was religious, and it was striving. And essentially, I thought it was begging God for something that he already gave to us. But honestly, there's, there could be some truth to that, but at the time, I just didn't really have a great understanding of fasting. So since then, uh, you know, I, I had that journey with God, with fasting, where he taught me a few things. And today, I just want to share those things with you. This is not the final word on fasting. Honestly, this is such a huge topic, and I'm splitting it up into two sessions. But even then, I'm, I'm not going to be able to hit everything that's in my heart. So I just had to like kind of give that up and be like, you know what? It's okay. I'm not going to just be a fire hose and just shove you with a bunch of knowledge. But maybe in the future, I could build upon what, what, what we're going to build on today. So uh, my main goal today is to address the purpose of why we fast and also to bring clarity to some common misconceptions about fasting that we might have. You know, I remember telling God that I would never fast unless I knew the reason why or if he specifically told me to. Otherwise, it would just be performance, right? 
And I was on a mission at that time to strip any form of religion from my life because I was so desperate for the real thing. How many of you grew up in church? A lot of you. Okay, so uh, you guys probably knew the Christianity that I was uh, familiar with. The only type of Christianity I knew was legalism. How many of you grew up in a more of a legalistic, worst type of environment, right? And so the emphasis and the focus was more about doing good, doing all the right things versus knowing how to actually have a relationship with God and to be led by the Spirit. You know, we see this all throughout the Old Covenant. This was the paradigm that the Israelites were brought into. As long as they performed according to the law and did everything the law said, they were blessed. But if they didn't follow the rules of the law, then they were cursed. It didn't actually have any regard necessarily to their hearts. Amen. Does that make sense? So it, I could be the one fasting. I could be the one giving my uh, sacrifice for my sins, right? But inside, I could just have the complete wrong heart about it, but it didn't matter. As long as I did this external work, if I just checked off all the, the, the dots, then I'm righteous because that was the covenant that was in place at that time. And so the Pharisees were a, a great picture of this, right? You see in the New Testament, in the, in the Gospels, how Jesus describes the Pharisees as, um, you know, uh, nice on the outside, but inside they are dirty, right? They wanted the outward appearance of righteousness without having the inward transformation, without even displaying the heart of God. And I think that type of mentality has also crept into the modern-day church. So I think in the past decade or so, the church, especially the Western church, has done a better job at, at recognizing that and has been on a mission to strip religion from everything that we do. Because any spiritual discipline, whether it be reading your Bible or praying or even communion, you can do it because a good Christian is supposed to do it, and maybe you want to prove your spirituality or you want to prove that you're serious about God, and you'll feel guilty if you don't do it. That is a telltale sign that you still have a performance religious mindset because you're, you're viewing and approaching these spiritual disciplines with the wrong foot. But if you could start to see that these spiritual disciplines were, were actually gifts to us, that they have a greater purpose and a meaning. They're actually supposed to propel us into everything that Jesus had paid for and to propel us further into an intimate relationship with him, to propel us further into transformation, becoming more like Jesus. Then you get more excited about reading your Bible. You get more excited about praying because you're actually, you actually have a tool that now you know the reason, the, the purpose for this tool and how to use it. Right? So I'm open to believing that if I acted righteous, did all the right things, then I would be righteous. And that was that mindset that I wanted to root out. And religion is happy to keep you busy doing good things. Religion is happy to have you be preoccupied with applying spiritual disciplines in your life, but stripping the power of those things to transform you. So religion is simply this, is having the form of godliness, but denying its power. 
One way that religion does this is it keeps you in performance. So it keeps you performing while taking your heart out of the equation. One of the ways I've been able to simplify it in my life, whether I'm doing something from a religious performance place or not, is making sure my heart's always engaged. So no matter what I'm doing, if I'm worshiping, if I'm reading my Bible, if I'm praying, if I'm fasting, if I'm doing communion, I, I make sure I'm connecting my heart to it. I, communion is one of those other things that once you realize the power of communion, it's not just something you do once a month at church. Like, it's helped me so much when I need a dose of truth, when I need a reminder of what Jesus did on the cross. You take that bread, you take that wine, and they're physical anchors that help uh, attach your faith to a spiritual reality. So as you have this physical substance in your hand, you're, you're taking the body, right? And you're remembering oh, Jesus' body was broken for you. You remember that your sin was imputed on his body on the cross. When you're taking the blood, I imagine that blood is washing me white as snow. And it ignites my faith and, and, and it renews my mind to the truth. That sometimes truth, when you're not focusing on truth, it, the power of that truth, the reality of that truth can start waning. So you have to constantly remind yourself and focus on the truth. That's Side note, uh, just about communion. But it applies here with fasting as well. So I, with fasting, I just didn't want it to be any, like any other spiritual discipline. I wanted to, go, wanted to go beyond it simply being a dead external work and get good biblical understanding of why we fast. And so one of the main things that was super, super important to me was to reconcile it with a finished work New Covenant perspective. So, the first main point, you guys ready for this? Yeah. Okay, I'm revved up for this. Is this making sense to you guys? Is this helpful? Okay. The first main point I want to hit is that fasting is not transactional. I've been already hitting on this. But what do I mean by that? A religious mindset keeps us focused on what we can get by doing something. So it's a, a do-to-get paradigm. If I do this, then God will bless me. If I do this, God will approve of me. If I do this, then I'll get this breakthrough. And we've been so prone. It's in our carnal nature. It's in our wiring to, have, to be results-oriented. You know, If I do this, then I'll get something from it. A do-to-get paradigm is actually the paradigm of the law. So if we approach a fast without a mindset shift, we will start that fast off on the wrong foot and potentially, instead, we'll have a performance mindset during that whole fast. So one of the misconceptions of fasting, I hope this doesn't rub anyone the wrong way, but uh, one of the misconceptions of fasting that I've seen is fasting for breakthrough. Now, you might be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's one of the purposes for fasting. Fasting is for breakthrough. Let me explain. So, you know, oftentimes I'll see uh, people fasting for a breakthrough in my job. Or I'm fasting for someone's healing. Or I'm fasting for breakthrough in my finances. I'm fasting for breakthrough in my relationships. Well, this isn't necessarily wrong. And fasting can 
help you find breakthroughs in those areas, I think our understanding can be clarified just a little bit. So if we enter a fast with the mindset of, if I fast, then I will get this, this will happen, then I believe we miss the purpose of the fast. The purpose of the fast is to transform you, which may then give you the desired breakthrough. The purpose of the fast isn't, if I do this work, then I'll get the result of fill in the blank. It's a, it's a slight tweak that makes a whole world of difference because if you, if you approach a fast with, I want to get something out of it, it you go in with, with a belief and mindset of, if I do this act, then I'll get rewarded with this. It's, you're already positioning yourself for performance. So I believe we severely limit the purpose and power of fasting when we view it from a transactional lens. It is a simple mind shift from fasting to get something to fasting to transform me. And uh, just to further illustrate this more clearly, let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. It's probably too dark in here for you to open up your Bibles, but open up your iPhones or look up here. And so Matthew 17 the portion of scripture that I want to read is about the epileptic boy that was healed. And so starting with verse 14, it says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, being Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Lots of things going on here. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Why couldn't the disciples cast the demon out? Unbelief. Right? It's pretty clear. It says, I mean, the disciples literally asked him, why couldn't we cast this thing out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. I think what we do is we get tripped up by verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so I actually learned this from Dan Moeller. He helped give me understanding of this verse. And, um, you know, oftentimes we'll, we'll read this. The lights are changing all different sorts of colors. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a rave or something. <laughs> but, uh, I've, you know, I've always heard that uh, when, when we read this portion of Scripture and it says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting, we think that he's referring to the demon. As if this demon was a strong demon that you can't just simply cast out, but you actually have to pray and fast, and then you could cast it out. But here's the thing, we didn't see Jesus doing that, right? 
he simply rebuked the demon <laughs> and the thing left. And Jesus told them, like, oh, faithless generation. He was ad continually addressing their unbelief. And he said, if you had faith as, as a mustard seed, you could, you could move mountains. In a parallel passage that details this story even further, uh, he's talking to the father of the son. And the father's saying, uh, help my unbelief. And, and Jesus was telling him, like, hey, all things are, are possible to those who believe. So it wasn't an issue of that this was a high-level demon <laughs> that they couldn't cast out, so they needed to perform a work in order to see a result. But in actuality, they, he, he's addressing that unbelief. That kind of unbelief can only go out of you through you praying and fasting. Jesus wasn't results-oriented of like, hey, you have to uh, pray and fast in order to cast this demon out. Yes, that, that is the desired outcome, and that is a byproduct, but the, the, the purpose was really to pray and fast, to renew their mind, to get God's perspective, and once you do that and you're transformed, you have unbelief kicked out of you, you could rebuke the demon and it'll leave. So that really helped me out. I'm so thankful to Dan Muller. I love Dan Muller. How many of you guys love Dan Muller? <laughs> I mean, he changed my life. I, I, love, I love all his teachings. Um, but uh, imagine being one of those disciples in charge of casting out this demon, right? You see this epileptic boy who is convulsing. He's foaming at the mouth. He's thrown into the water and, fi uh, and fire. And all you can see is the impossibility of the situation. And now you're on the hot seat. You, you're there. Like, everyone's expecting you. You're one of Jesus' disciples. You're, you're going to cast this thing out. So you're, like, nervous and feeling all this pressure. And you can't cast this demon out. <laughs> you know, I could just imagine feeling inundated and bombarded by my natural senses. What's, what's happening just in the natural, where the natural facts are predominant and taking dominance in your mind. And yes, it seems very impossible. If I saw that epileptic boy coming to me, you know, foaming at the mouth and throwing himself on the ground, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could cast this thing out. But if you can have a heavenly perspective the truth is you have the power and authority to cast that demon out, and it's easy. So fasting actually helps you to rise above seeing in the natural to seeing with eyes of faith and not to be dominated by your natural senses. I'm going to say that one more time. Fasting helps you to rise above seeing in the natural to seeing with eyes of faith and not to be dominated by your natural senses. So you know how people say, oh, I fast so that I could be more spiritually sensitive. That's actually what's, what is happening. That is a byproduct of when you're fasting because you are doing that. You're saying, I'm going to deny my flesh. I'm going to uh, just try to elevate what, over what I can only see in the natural to, to gain a heavenly perspective. So already you're attuning yourself to be more spiritually aware. So that's one of the reasons why that happens. 
So when you see this epileptic boy and are bombarded with the impossibility of that situation, and your mind is dominated by what you can only see in the natural, um, once you fast, you can actually see God's truth, and then you can, you can cast that thing out. You know, I believe we, because we misunderstood this passage of scripture, we've adopted a transactional mindset when it comes to fasting. So I need to fast to get this result. When the focus should always have been, I need to fast to get rid of unbelief. And when I rid myself of unbelief, then I could shift my circumstances. So here's, here's what's at stake. When we believe that we need to fast for something, for breakthrough, and let's say just for example, you're fasting for someone's healing. We can implicitly believe, maybe unintentionally, that we need to convince God to heal someone. Or we need to twist his arm to heal someone as if he doesn't desire it as much as we do. Uh, or maybe he's not on the same page. And that's just bad theology. And we don't mean to do that, but that performance religious mindset implies that that's what we really believe deep down inside. We can also implicitly believe that we need to earn the healing or perform for it. It's something that God already paid for. Or we can implicitly think that we need to fast to show God that we're serious about this, right? How many of you guys have done that? Just a few of us here. Yeah, you know, that we're, we're serious about this healing. And once we could prove that we, we can do this hard thing, then, then he'll be like, okay, you convinced me. I'll bring this healing. Or simply that we believe that fasting is transactional, that if we fast, then this thing, th this will be the result. I will see healing. Meanwhile, we are completely unchanged by this fast. Throughout the whole fast, we're still a nervous wreck we're still riddled with unbelief, and we're stressing the whole way and, and not even changed a bit. This is that telltale sign that we're approaching the fast with a performance mentality. So here's the main point. Fasting doesn't help God to see more clearly. Fasting helps you to see more clearly. Right? It sounds so simple. <laughs> and we don't really believe this. Like we're like trying to change God's mind when we're fasting, right? Sometimes we do this fa fasting thing because that's all we know. So we've been taught, oh, you fast for a breakthrough. Oh, you do this thing to get that thing. But if you really think about it, when I have fasted that way, this is actually what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, wow, I, I actually have to convince God, you know, to help bring healing to this person, or, or, you know, that maybe God doesn't, he does, he's not my provider, so I have to fast so that he, he will bring me my finances, break through my finances. Maybe he doesn't really care about my relationships, so I have to fast to show him that I'm serious about this and I want this really bad, and then if I show him I care enough, then, then he'll give me breakthrough in relationships. When the truth has always been God is so he, he wants that for you. He so desires you to have rich, thriving relationships. He wants to be your provider. He, want, he paid for your healing already. So fasting is not something to do to get something. We don't fast to change our circumstances. Fasting changes us. 
And when we change, our circumstances can change. So it's, a, it's a, a, a little bit of a shift in perspective. But that little shift, I promise you, mean, it, it makes the whole difference. So I've, I've come to see fasting as a tool for my transformation instead of trying to get something as a result of my act of fasting. And transformation always happens in a place of intimacy with him. So it's the place of intimacy where we renew our minds and are able to rise above our carnal thinking and are able to adopt his perspective, to gain a heavenly perspective. And it's in this place of intimacy where we are transformed more into his image and into his likeness. The more I could see like him and think like him, I'm going to see shifts in my circumstances. So when I approach fasting, my purpose isn't to spend time, I mean, my purpose is to spend time with him, to change myself, to renew my mind, to rid myself of unbelief, and fasting helps be a catalyst to do that. You don't need to fast to do this. That, that's why it's so important to have a daily intimate relationship with him. But fasting definitely can be used as a tool, as, as a catalyst to launch you into it. Uh, and I'm going to explain that in just a bit. Okay. How are you guys doing? Is this all making sense? Okay. So... Let's say you're stuck in a cycle of addiction or a sin pattern or a lie that you can't shake, right? Fasting can be a catalyst to break you from that cycle. And what I'm about to explain to you is really cool to me. Um, I learned this from a prophet named Kirby Delanerol. Uh He is an amazing man. He has fasted over a year with only eating a handful of meals and, and really tapped into this grace of, of be, living off of the Word of God, getting his food from, like, the Word of God. And, and it was something that really uh, kind of encouraged me to try that, too, <laughs> to try and tap into that place of grace where you're not fasting out of a place of works. And I'm going to share more about that the next time I, I share. But... Uh, he kind of made sense to me of why transformation does happen when we fast. And he explained to me that, you know, we're all running off of unconscious programs and cycles in our subconscious. So, for example, how many of you guys have been, you know, driven in your car and you zone out and the next thing you know you're at home, but you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how he got here, <laughs> right? In, in subconsciously, you, are, you have a program where it's like you're running on autopilot. So that's what I'm talking about. And so some of these unconscious programming are actually unwanted cycles that we have in our lives, like habits, bad habits, or, or addictions, or, or lies that we believe. And so what I also learned from reading, you know, from uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, I don't know if you guys know Caroline Leaf, uh, that habits are formed, like when you create a habit, it, it forms like these new neural pathways. 
in, in your mind, right? And so if you want to create a new habit, you have to cre- uh, forge and create new neural pathways. That's why it's so hard to develop um, a new habit and to, to break bad ones. But here's where fasting comes in, okay? So when you fast food, you are interrupting a major subconscious cycle that is very apparent and in your face. So that subconscious cycle is eating three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You don't really think about it, but you naturally, that's just your normal mode of operation. Every day I eat my breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Or maybe you intermittent fast, so I, I, I eat my lunch and dinner every day, right? But that's still a normal cycle in your life. And so when you fast, your whole body and your emotions are affected. And you are acutely aware every moment of that whole day or the whole duration of the fast that you are breaking a a, a normal pattern in your life. So fasting is a tool that can be a catalyst for you to be intentional in breaking other old patterns to form new ones. And, um, and, And forming those new patterns happens in that place of intimacy where transformation takes place, what, what I told you about. So there's no magic in just fasting alone to uh, adopt and rewire your brain. I, I, I do feel like that all happens in that place of intimacy with him. But with fasting food particularly, it's a constant remind, reminder for you that you are in a mode of change, that you're intentionally uh, entering into this time period where the, the intention and the purpose is to create new habits and break unwanted cycles from your life. Does that make sense? Okay, so I've, I heard this other thing from Dan Miller too. Uh, he, he said this in one of his teachings, like if you have an addiction or, or, or you're, just, you're stuck in sin or uh, you, you're believing all these lies, try doing a three-day water fast. How many of you guys have tried a three-day water fast or more here? Just, just a fast on water. Yeah, it is hard if you've never done it before. It, what's interesting is that it's actually become more accepted, even outside of Christian circles, to fast and to water fast. And people are doing it, you know, three-day water fast, five-day water fast, or even longer, uh, just for, simply for the health benefits of it. And there are definitely some health benefits, which I will also be going more over next time, I pray, so you don't want to miss that. But, um, <laughs> but I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that um, you can do a fast like the rest of the world and not have Jesus in it, and, and it's not going to bring the transformation that it was ultimately designed to bring. And... Um, there's a, a reason why I feel like fasting, I personally believe, was primarily supposed to be food. Because I think food even has a more profound effect than, let's say, even a media fast. How many of you guys have heard of a media fast? Like, I'm going to abstain from entertainment or from my phone. And the reason why I think that is the case, that it was supposed to be food, is because with food, like I said, your whole body, your whole being, your physical body, your emotions, your soul knows that you're, you're breaking a cycle 
in your life, you're like, I'm hungry right now. You feel those hunger pains throughout the whole day. You might start feeling hangry or like, you know, just <laughs> emotional, mad or cranky. And so it's a constant reminder like you are doing this purposefully. You're purposely and intentionally breaking this normal cycle in your life. And now I'm in this mode of, of transformation. I'm going after this. So if I have a, a cycle of being in an addiction, I'm going into the secret place with God and, and I, I'm renewing my mind. I'm, I'm spending time in his love, breaking off lies about who I am, getting my love and, and acceptance from him, proclaiming truth over my life. God, you set me free from bondage. You set me free from sin. Sin has no longer has power over my life. You let that word germinate and become more than just writings on a page. It becomes who you are. Are. And in that place, you're re renewing your mind, you're becoming transformed, you're developing new patterns in your life. But if you do a media fast, and I don't have a problem with media fast, I mean, it's probably a good thing to do, right? It's not something that your whole being is like acutely aware every moment while you're doing a fast. It's just those moments of temptation of like, Oh, I'm bored right now. <laughs> I normally would watch TV, but I'm going to use my willpower to not watch TV. Still a good thing. But I do feel like there's power and purpose when we fast food. Simply a media fast won't have the same effect, I think. So, typically, I don't fast just because it's the new year or just because it's time to do one, or just because a church calls a corporate fast, I've kind of, in my journey, developed a knowing when I need to utilize this tool for a benefit in my life. And what I've come to find out is that if I feel like I'm in a place where I'm just dominating, dominated by natural knowledge or dominated by just carnal thinking, where I just feel like I'm just in a state of confusion. You know, the world has so many opinions. We all know this, the past couple of years, COVID, uh, politics, hot topic issues. Um, I, I've become confused myself with so many opinions. And this is just human reasoning, human wisdom flying left and right in the airwaves. It makes sense, oh yeah. And so, and then the word starts to grow a little dim. And you're like, well, I don't know if I believe the word as much as, because this makes sense to me. Yeah. It makes sense to you because you're engaging it with human reasoning. Of course, it's going to make sense to you. And when I feel like I'm in that place of confusion, I don't know, up from down, truth seems relative, then I'm like, oh, that's a good sign for me to use fasting as a catalyst to renew my mind, get some truth, just tell God, God, I, I'm so confused right now. I'm probably believing lies. I don't even know what lies I'm believing. But you take that intentional time to be like, God, I, I'm going to throw this junk away. And I want to adopt your perspective. So you're, you're immediately rising above a carnal way of thinking to adopt a heavenly perspective. And you know what? It can be those moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm so discouraged. I have no faith for 
you know, my finances. Or I, I have no faith for this job that I really want or this relationship that, that is falling apart. And it, those could be the things that catapult you into fasting, saying, God, I need to have a, the right perspective in these areas because right now I'm in unbelief in those areas and it's, it's cr- producing death in me and I want to gain your perspective on it. So rather than just I'm fasting to get breakthrough in these things, it's I'm fasting so I can gain your perspective in these things. And when I have that right perspective, my circumstances will change. I, I think we just, we skip that step and we're just, we just are interested in the results. But this has always been about us being transformed. Seriously, like if you fast 40 days, let's say you fast 40 days the whole time, you're just, it doesn't change you at all, right? And you're still stressed out during the whole time. You're not even spending time with God. Guess what? That's an incredible feat. You just did a fast that probably had some physical health benefits, but literally you were just starving yourself. I'm not saying no transformation happened. Maybe some did, you know. I think God does, he will honor our, you know, where we're at. He will honor our, our, our faith with where we're at because he just loves us, right? So he's not waiting for us to have complete 100% correct theology or revelation, you know, like he, he looks at the heart, right? And so if you're entering into fast, you have that heart of like Jesus and all that you know is fasting to get something, but you're doing it at a place of relationship with him, that honestly speaks volumes. At least you're doing it in a place of relationship with him. But that doesn't mean that that is actually right, you know. I think there's a higher way that we could always renew our mind to get, gain more understanding for why we do things. So fasting is not a magic fix-all. <laughs> doesn't mean if you do a 40-day fast, you will see the results. Honestly, I've, I've done 40-day fast, and well, I couldn't get to 40 days. Uh, which I'll explain next time as well. But I honestly didn't feel any different. You know, I I thought it would be the magic fix-all. Like, after this 40-day fast, I'm going to be, like, unrecognizable because I'm going to be so like Jesus. I'm going to be walking in tremendous power and breakthrough. Like, wherever I go, bodies will start falling, and I'm going to, like... Start healing everyone. I'm going to see the craziest miracles of my life. And just to be disappointed afterwards, I'm like, oh, man. Like, did that do anything? (laughs) Did that fast do anything? We are just so results-oriented, you know? So, in the next, in two weeks from today, on January 29th, I'll, I'll be giving part two of this fasting teaching where I'm going to be addressing the Daniel fast and some misconceptions around that. Um, Spoiler alert, I don't think the Daniel fast was because it was a healthy thing. Um, And so I I want to bring some clarity to that as well. And um, also just want to focus on how to be led by the Spirit, how to grow in being led by Him even in fasting, and to also give more like practical mechanics on when you do fast, and what I've learned is helpful. So 
Then the next day on Monday, January 30th, I'm going to be inviting you guys uh, to join me on a three to five day water fast. And we're going to just tailor it in such a way that uh, if you're new to fasting, you've never done it, uh, you don't have to do all five days. You could do three days. Um, and I, I assure you, I'm, this is not medical advice or whatnot, uh, <laughs> but I, I've, I've, I've fasted for like three days without water, worked out every day very intensely, was okay, didn't faint at, at you know, the gym. But the first time I did like even intermittent, in, intermittent fasting, and went into the gym the next day, I was literally afraid that I might just like pass out, you know? So it's definitely something that you just have to step past. Um, again, not medical advice. If that's not your situation, then don't listen to what I'm saying. But, uh, but yeah, we'll have like varying degrees of difficulty, but also the whole point of the fast is to really engage our hearts and to learn to be led by him. It's not like a pass or fail type of thing. You know, oftentimes I've, I've viewed fasting as like, if I'm doing like a month long fast and I eat something on day three, then it negates my whole fast and I'm a failure, you know? Um, so I'll just uh, explain some of those things uh, next time. But I think it's gonna be a powerful time. We'll have on our Facebook community page like a thread dedicated to the ones that are joining the fast. So we could just, you know, talk about what we're experiencing, what we're learning. Uh, we could answer questions and things like that. So I think it'll be a really great and fun time, fun time of starving ourselves. <laughs> but uh, ju just look out for uh, just more instructions on that in the, in the coming weeks. We'll post it up on socials and stuff like that. So I think that's a good place to land today. Um, you know, I, I really just wanted to, to build some basic foundation today so that we could go a little bit deeper next time. And uh, I really do believe that if you could grab a hold of this thing, it could greatly benefit your own personal lives. So, all right, why don't you guys stand up with me? I'm just gonna pray. Yeah, so, so Father, we just thank you, God, that you are always leading and guiding us into just a greater place of union with you, greater place of even wisdom and knowledge of, of, of how to deep diver into the purposes of things and gifts that you have placed here for us. And God, I, I pray that uh, even beyond what I taught today, that you would give each and every single person here just personal insight as to uh, what fasting looks like for them. And even if there's questions that are on their hearts, that you would just show them yourself. And um, I just even pray that if there are ones fasting right now already, that uh, you would just give grace that there would just be this empowerment, this supernatural empowerment um, to, to do something that we thought we weren't able to do, that you would meet us in that place, that you would really come and, and bring transformation to our lives. So I just bless everyone here. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.